everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this gorgeous Sunday morning. It's a pool day. No, it's if definitely not a pool day. If you have day. an indoor pool, it is. Right. We, But it may be crappy outside, but we got a great show today. We uh, do. Starting off, we are joined by an old friend. We kind of semi fell in love at uh, with the first restaurant he was working at. Hyder Karoom has just opened Chloe over uh, in the Navy Yard southeast in that area. Is that a good way of describing yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah Navy uh, Yard. It's getting it's getting crazy good reviews. But we met yes. him when he was working with Mark Color at Proof and Estadio. We actually met him before Mark Color, believe did it or I? not. Yes, we did. I don't remember. Asia North. I just That's remember true. when he That's started true. feeding. Yeah. But anyways, Hyder's in to talk about Chloe. Tom Sietzema said Chloe feels like a keeper. I would agree. We're going to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Whiskey Live is back. Woohoo! It's the annual dining and tasting event with unlimited tastings of 150 whiskeys. Although if you taste all 150, you're going to die. But anyways. Not if you do it responsibly. If you do it responsibly. Right? Uh, That's the whole point. We're going to talk to the event's mastermind, Dave Sweet, in a bit. And mm-hmm. speaking of whiskey... We also have uh, Dave Osgo in. He's the Senior Vice President of Economics and Strategy. Whew. Wow, what a title. It He's doesn't really di- sound like that belongs on this show. The, the, the Distilled Spirits Council of the U.S., and they've got a, a powerful new uh, program rolling out in partnership with Whiskey Live to encourage responsible drinking, so you're going to be hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And Peter Prime is back. Chef Peter Prime, the guy with the name, the, yeah. it's like a superhero's alias name, Peter Parker, Peter Prime. <laughs> He's at Spark Engine Company 12. It's a n- relatively new Caribbean-inspired smokehouse in Bloomingdale, and he's you in. can't wait. I think I saw ribs. Did I see ribs? No. Oh, well, well, I'll, I don't whatever, he doesn't care. He's can, like, whatever it is, whatever if it's it meat, that sounds good, it, it looks good. Up. And, of course, it would not be a Foodie and the Beast show without booze. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Dave gave me a, well, one one of the Daves gave me a look. Um, uh, Morris American Bar is a very snazzy first concept uh, uh, brought to us by master cocktail craftsman David Strauss. Uh, if you remember from Shepherd or Bar Mini, Mini Bar, Le Diplomat. I think I remember you from the Dipl- Le Diplomat. Yeah. I don't remember much from Le Diplomat, but I remember that. He it doesn't o- remember much, it opened period. In, that's not very nice. Oh, it opened in Shaw, what, last month? Yeah, man. Congratulations. Brand new. All right, so uh, we're going to go to David in a second, but first we've got Mitch Berliner on the phone from Central Farm Markets. It's a beautiful day for the markets, Mitch. What's going on with, I hear tomatoes are around? You got it. I sent you some pictures this morning. This is the start of our season here. We have from Toygo organic heirloom grown in soil tomatoes, four different varieties, and they actually have flavor. I mean, those photos you sent me this morning of those tomatoes are absolutely gorgeous. Are they? Do they really taste as good as they look? Yes, they do. What do you expect them to say? Pick ripe. Oh, I think he would be honest. I think Mitch is very honest, Mitch David. Is honest. I am honest. You're very honest. Well, let I me be honest. You. It'd be better if some of those tomatoes were sitting in front of me. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. He's just a... that, uh, you know, but uh, 
When's the next time you guys are off? You'll come to the market. I know you love coming. We do love coming. You know that. What else is going on at okay. market today? Because we want people to know that even though it's kind of gloomy outside, it doesn't mean you should huddle in. You should definitely go out and support your farmers and producers who are there at the market today, regardless of the weather. Right. And I have to say, we really have a tremendous uh, loyal patronage at both the Mosaic and the Bethesda Central Farm Market. It's drizzling. It's actually not too bad. And... Um, We've got I know, but Mitch, you're like superhuman. I mean, <laughs> of course, it's not bad well, for you. Right. Well, we, you know, early January, we had 12 degree and 18 degree days to start. So today is like a beach weather. Yeah, but I want to say Mitch, Mitch participates in the Maccabi game. So he swims every day in the outdoor pool, rain, shine, snow at the Y well, in Bethesda. Much. There's something <laughs> yeah. wrong with you. you. Know, well, I know that. You must have been talking to my mother and father. Oh, no, no, no. They don't sell mescaline buds at the market, do they? Because you're taking something. No, no. When they do, I'm going to get the stand. So um, just to also tell you, you know, I don't think I talked a lot about it, but we really have, besides the farm to table, we have from the fishermen to the table, we have at both Mosaic and Bethesda um, an outfit called Lobster Mania that sells to some of the best restaurants in town. And they lobster mania the market here. Yep, that's their name. And um, they have the most fabulous fresh cut fish. They cut them like the night before. It's fresher than you can get anywhere. And they have things like Faroe Island salmon, wild rockfish. It changes up all the time. Uh, wild steelhead. Um, they have Alaska cod, um, rainbow trout from the Carolinas. They have fresh shrimp. Um, that's uh, called rock shrimp. They have, and and they move by the season. The brown shrimp, sometimes Gulf shrimp, no shrimp from you know where Asia. They just have the real stuff, and they also have a complete line. I'm sure you guys have heard of Ivy City Smokehouse. We've yeah, heard of, of course. that. You know we love them at Ivy City. Yeah, so they have a complete selection, and they've got something brand new they're making at Ivy City. It's uh, salmon jerky. And oh my God! Oh no, we've had that salmon jerky. I hate to. Speaking of being a jerky, I I got to interrupt because yeah, we, we got to move go. on. Sorry, Mitch. Tell everybody okay. which markets are open today and the okay. hours. Okay, so our two year-round markets are the Mosaic Central Farm Market at the Mosaic District in Fairfax, and also open is Bethesda Central Farm Market downtown. And before you know it, we'll have our two other markets open. So. We thank you, and go to centralfarmmarkets.com to learn all about us. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Take Mitch. care. Thanks Stay so dry. much. All right. So, David Strauss, Morris. Good morning. No, Morris. David Strauss. Yes. He's at Morris. There's no, <laughs> no Morris he, at he opened, Strauss. <clears throat> no, no. It was David Strauss dot, 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 Morris, <laughs> okay. question mark. Okay. So, first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about your background, because you're not exactly a newbie in the uh, mixology business. No, no, no. I've been, uh, I've been in the industry Behind the bar for about twenty years now. Um, always wearing a tie. He wore always a tie wearing to a, tie. a radio yeah. show. Go figure. I love that. Ties make good radio. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, I've been fortunate enough to work in a lot of markets. I've been in New York, uh, Philadelphia, Washington D.C., Chicago. Um, You've gotten around. I have. Yeah, I've moved a lot around, and I've been behind the bar for all those years. Um, kind of climbed the ladder for a little bit, and in D.C., I got the great opportunity to work in some massive restaurants, and you know, opening Morris is our first uh, standalone concept. And who is Morris? Uh, Morris is the namesake of the bar. It's, uh, it's actually the name of both bars that we operate. It's Morris Shepard. He was a Texas senator that penned the Prohibition Amendment. 
Um, and then upon his death, we actually found out he had an operating still back on his property in Texas. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Of course. Because, because we, lo we love him. Hypocrites then, hypocrites now. Exactly right. right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, All right. So then tell us how you came up with the concept and what you were looking to do there. I mean, you know, with the craft cocktail scene being what mm -hmm. it is, what were you looking to add to it? I was looking to add something um, simpler and a little cleaner. Um, our concept is everything is basically all in-house production. We've taken machining out of the process almost entirely. Mm -hmm. um, the place is built around our ice program. It's uh, the most important thing we do. So we have no machines for ice. Okay, we're going to get back. Uh, yeah, go talk ahead. about your ice program a little bit, but I do want to get a little deeper into it because we've had some conversations on air about ice. Sure. And I just think it's fascinating how people are really investing right. in this the program. This is my opportunity to say I only have ice for you. Okay, and <laughs> we can move on from that. Okay, okay so go ahead. Back to your yeah. ice program. Please. No, I mean, uh, you know, when, when we look at it, uh, it is the common ingredient in every single thing we make, so we had to start taking it very, very seriously. Um, we're now purchasing crystal clear 25-pound blocks that are intended for sculpture, and we're carving them down by hand. Um, and we're saving every piece that ships off and breaks, and we're using the ice for production as well as presentation. So shaking, stirring, cool. everything is done uh, without a machine process. Right. We're going to get more into that, yep. including what their source of water is and all that. Mm. But what are you making first? Most importantly, um, what are we making exactly first? Exactly right. The first, uh, drinking, David. The first thing that we're going to make is a uh, yeah. twist on a classic Moscow mule. It's called the Palma Fizz. Um, so we've got vodka, fresh lime juice, raw ginger, sugar, and uh, the little twist here is we've added a little rose water for something floral. Okay. Ooh, yum. Sound Sounds good? delicious. All yes, right. it sounds now let's, great. Let's turn to Hyder Karoom, Chef Hyder Karoom, our old buddy, and Chloe and all that. Nikki says we met you at, 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 Asia, with, Nora. at, at Asia Nora. I don't remember meeting you there. But, but, but I mean, I, he barely remembers meeting me. No. So. <laughs> oh, baby, I remember that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I do remember, I mean, I have a, a, a crystal clear memory of my first meal at Proof, which was so unbelievable. Mm. It just crazy so how did you get into this did you grow up wanting to be a chef yeah you did uh -huh. yeah. he's the first one i know yeah. all right so but what got you how did you sort of develop your way of cooking uh i mean i don't i'm kind of classically trained um mm -hmm. classically french trained and then it just came out of like a love for different cuisines so kind of just wanting to learn as much as I can about different cuisines. And but Nora clearly and, had an impact on you, and, you know, I mean, you can see that in when you're in the kitchen and later restaurants, particularly Doi Moy, mm -hmm. and now at Chloe, there's yeah. still that influence. She she put me in charge of Asia Nora after being at Restaurant restaurant Nora for two years, so she pretty much just kind of, like, had Which, don't you think that's amazing? Because that, she's, she's been in studio. She's a tough chick. Right. So, right. I mean, I just think it speaks volumes about, um, you know, the integrity of your cooking and the kind of chef you are that she sort of gave you that platform mm -hmm. after only two years of working with her. Yeah, know? no, I, I agree. And it also kind of kind of threw me into the fire. I had to immerse myself in, in a cuisine that I wasn't really familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, so it was basically like by eating out and, you know, reading every book I could possibly get. So it was pretty much... Uh, uh, that was that's how that that came was your R and D yeah. back then. So yeah. you you rocket forward to working with Mark Culler. Mm -hmm. Did Mark pretty much give you control and just say do your thing? Yep. No. Yep. We had a great great partnership friendship, and uh, he was he was just amazing like that because he knew he you know he didn't micromanage or anything like that. He he just he he knew when to give somebody. Well, he was smart. I mean, he's one yeah. of those guys. I know, who, but let's also say for the record. 
felt like, I mean, he was a demanding. Yeah, he wasn't I mean, a I loved him. Violent. I mean, you know, of he course. was one of our yeah. dear friends. Mm-hmm. I loved him, and he was here in studio, and I, I adore him. But he was very demanding. He was very exacting in what he wanted in all of his restaurants. Mm-hmm. He had a vision. You know, he when he explained proof, when that restaurant materialized, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly everything you said like he knew what he wanted right but that's right. probably good for a chef too to know that you've got to meet high standards every day or somebody's going to be down meet your his yeah and we had we 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 shared a lot of the like very similar thoughts and whatnot you know like we would argue who loved Polina's chicken more right so we kind of we had that we kind of had a certain bond like we uh, argue about that all the time we do that's we constant. argue about lots of well, things. a lot of things mm. Mm, i win so um, um tell me about so you walk away mm-hmm from the restaurant group, you decide, okay, I'm ready to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide, like, based on all the different cuisines and cultures you've experienced, what you want to put on the plate at Chloe? Yeah, and it, it, you know, it might sound a little cliched, but it's one of those things where I just want to, I want to cook the type of type of stuff I want to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, if it's going to be my home and I'm going to spend so much time there, I'm going to give it, you know, my all. I want to be able to do anything that I want. You know, I don't want to be pigeonholed into one cuisine so when you were so but so does that mean when you're putting together this menu at chloe how often is it changing is it well let's talk about the menu yeah well let's talk about the menu we got about 45 seconds we'll come back then we'll come back what's the overview on the menu um i guess the overview is this it's it's kind of a culmination of all my experiences whether in restaurants or traveling or reading books and stuff like that. What kind of influences? Asian influences, American influences? All over the place, you know. I mean, it ranges. Well, so I think we have to explain. You know what? When we come back from the commercial break, we'll explain to the people the kinds of dishes that are on the menu because if they haven't had your food at other restaurants, Mm -hmm. we need to sort of better explain to them the kinds of things that are coming up on this menu. P.S. I'm eating a couple of things off the menu now that are delicious. Okay. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. By the way, I forgot to mention, you can watch this show live on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Check it out. You see how beautiful I am. Uh, we're going to go back to Hyder Karoom. Hyder, we're talking about the menu. What are we eating? Well, wait a minute. I mean, you've you got Spanish influences, Southeast Asian, Middle Eastern, American. you got everything. It's a smorgasbord. Okay, what are we eating? Tell we're us what we're eating. Um, the first is a, a cobia, kind of a cobia crudo. We get from our good friend John at Crowfish, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of is a kind of a an, an ode to a lot of the Vietnamese flavors I like to play with. So why does John Rohrpaul always get these? I know easy he's like on every shout show. Shout out all these plugs. Right. <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. Okay, oh. and then the pate. The pate is amazing. Uh, pate is just a pretty pretty classic uh, Gascon recipe for mm-hmm. uh, pate. It's pork shoulder. Uh, duck liver, shallots, garlic, and aromatics, cognac, stuff like that. But pretty relatively traditional, uh, wrapped in bacon. And All right. Well, I, really I want to jump in with a different kind of question because Tom Sietzema in his first bite said right out of the gate, Chloe feels like a keeper. And that was just his, his wrap-up of the thing. He loved the restaurant. But my understanding is he was literally standing at the front door the first night you opened, which must be um, interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's you know, kind of – it kind of uh, – Cranks up the pressure Mm-mm. a um, little, right? But uh, um, yeah, but you know that's that's kind of what we what we're used to. We're 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 used to working under pressure and kind of racing against the clock. But it's a you clear know. indication you had your act together in every possible way because he. Well, if your doors are open, 
and you're charging full price, you've yeah. got to be ready for the critics to come in. No, I agree. You know? I, agree. I right. mean, that's just the way it is. All right, just quickly, tell us just a little bit about the design. Because you spent a lot of, it was very important to you that you had a certain aesthetic mm -hmm. for yep. the restaurant. What were you looking to do? I mean, I was looking to do, you know, I'm a big fan of kind of Scandinavian style lines, furniture like and, and, and clean lines mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, lots of stone and wood and natural products. So we tied that in with a lot of, uh, a lot of greenery in the restaurant to give it a very kind of like organic, like well, plus you those gorgeous like. windows, you know. So yeah. like you get to really see the landscape of the city. Yeah. It really lets the light and you in. Can, when you're outside at night and you look in, it kind of looks like a like a terrarium, you know. Right. Because it's because of all the kind of the 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 earth the earthen products and mm -hmm. plants and all that stuff. All right. Well, we should tell everybody. I mean, you're, the landmarks down there are Blue Jacket and District Winery. I mean, you're right in the center of the new. Kind of the new hub of the restaurant district. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love the neighborhood. I really do. It's uh, great. It's great. Awesome. You see, you see so many happy dogs in the neighborhood. Right. And it's generally. Why do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, uh, uh, last question: Who's Chloe? Chloe's my niece. It's my niece. That's my brother's, nice. my brother's so nice. first daughter. And uh, you know, I just I I, it, I I always liked the name, and then it turns out that it's derived the name is derived from the greek goddess of agriculture so there was that tie-in with with, with really lore nice. and stuff like that it just kind of i love it just when, kind of made when sense. nikki opens her restaurant after i kick the bucket she's going to call it insurance policy <laughs> i'm never opening up a restaurant <laughs> but i may invest in one with the insurance policy all right Maybe tell everybody oh boy <laughs> tell everybody exactly where chloe is uh chloe is at 1331 fourth street southeast oh. in the yards Right. And, and we uh, we're on Tingy and 4th. And they're open for, right now you're open for dinner and, and brunch. Yep, dinner and brunch. Brunch Saturday, Sunday, or just Sunday? Saturday, Sunday. Wow. Saturday, Sunday. Yep. We'll be there. Yep. Can't we can go there awesome. after this. Thanks. Thank All you right. so much. Cool. All right. So let's go back to David Strauss. David, yes. um, I read in your bio that, uh, you know, you worked with Steven Starr and that Sasha Petrosky had a huge influence on you. Want to tell a little about your, your work with them? Sure. Um, I worked mm -hmm. with them at a place called the Randstead Room in Philadelphia. It was a collaboration between the two of them. It was Sasha's um, first place in Philly outside of uh, New York. Um, I came on in that location at the opening. I worked there for about four years. Um, somewhere along that line, I had lunch with Sasha in Philadelphia, and he actually encouraged me to go open my own place. Um, he said I'd worked for him long enough, and uh, there was no traditional avenue for getting out of the service industry and uh, no former retirement. So I should either move into upper management with a larger company, leave the industry entirely, or just go out and open my own spot. Um, so it was that day I went home, told my wife I was going to open a bar, and we were going to get up and move and leave Philadelphia. Is that when she we started calling you Crazy Dave? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, wait. <laughs> no, she knew, that, she knew that well before that moment. Um, but what made you pick D.C.? Uh, we had lived here previously. And, right. Uh, so we'd moved away. We uh, moved to Philadelphia. And D.C. was in a – the food and beverage scene was, like, just starting to get wonderful, right? It was just starting to explode. It seemed like the right market to move back to. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were excited to be part of it. We, we, you know, we were both service industry people. And when we left, we uh, – you know, we, we turned around and looked over our shoulder and realized how many restaurants had opened so quickly and how many chefs were getting out of school and moving to this area. And it, it was the right place. It was in the upswing. Cool. Okay, right. so what are you making next? Uh, the next one is going to be uh, is an old-fashioned variation that we're going to put on next month's menu at Morris. It's called, um, it's called the Atlantic City. It's a twist on The Godfather. So it's a slightly richer kind of desserty old-fashioned with apple brandy, um, biscotti liqueur, and uh, abano amaro. Wow, that does sound like well, dessert. Well, and the Moscow Mule, yeah. is Moscow Mule is cool, fabulous. man. Thank Cheers. you. Good. Okay. All right, so 
I haven't got headphones on. You're going to have to take it with yes. David Sweet and um, uh, and David Osgo. Hit it. Okay. Hey, Dave. How are you? All right, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. I, I I'm good. I wasn't sure which David you were talking to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm talking to you. So welcome back to the show. So Whiskey Live is coming back to town. Tell us what's going to be happening there. Well, we're in a new venue, so we're uh, uh, at the Fairmont, which is going to be nice. A little bit more, uh, a little bit more intimate, a little bit more boutiquey. But what's very, very cool is we're going to have a, a, just a host of new whiskey. Some of them very, very first time ever to the U.S. Literally just got shipped in last week and got through customs. So we've got some whiskeys coming in from Australia. Um, uh, some new whiskeys from everywhere, from Czechoslovakia to Japan to all over the world, some new Irish whiskeys, and, of course, all of our old favorite scotches and bourbons as well. Well, so let's talk about the Australia whiskeys, because I feel like that's a that sounds more of a new market, right? I mean, we don't see a lot of whiskeys from Australia here in the States. Correct. There's a couple brands that uh, have won international awards, but they're small crafts, so we don't see them on the shelf. Sullivan's Cove, Lark Whiskey. Um, these are a bunch of, of new ones. Uh, they're not new to Australia, but new to us. Right. Uh, one, a couple of them making their de- debut. Some of them just now, I mean, getting approval for the U.S. import. So it's going to be very, very neat to see the difference between the American craft whiskeys, which we'll have there, and some of the different things that they're doing uh, in Australia, which has a lot of Scotch whiskey influence. So when when people come to the event, can you just sort of walk us through sort of how this works? Um, they come in, uh, they get a, uh, a, a custom uh, a, a tasting glass, they go onto the floor and... Uh, there will be about 40 different exhibitors or tables there, and they sample and taste and talk to the experts, talk to the brand ambassadors. We will actually have the craft distillers, the actual producers, are all flying in from Australia. Mm. So um, so they're they, really going to have an opportunity to, to talk with the people who are making the product. Absolutely. And they get coached on, you know, a lot of times you taste something and you say, oh, this is really good, but when you actually get it coached on it a little bit or, and uh, um, and have it explained, they'll tell you, that, okay, look for these flavors. Look for the vanilla on the back of the palate, or do you see all the spice? Or if you wait for it, this or that flavor comes out. And then it really gives you an appreciation for what you're sampling and what you're tasting. What about the addition of water? Sometimes they talk about with certain whiskeys that there should be some, like, a little bit of water added. Does Is that yeah. something that plays in here? Absolutely. It water gets in. It it breaks up the molecules, loosens it up, and uh, so it'll it'll open up the the flavor of the whiskey quite a bit, and also the nose. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a lot more. Uh, uh, the aromas will come out. Eighty percent of your taste actually is is of your sensory taste is actually uh, through the nose. Right. So it opens all that up. Anyone that says I only drink. I only drink it neat. That's their taste. That's their decision. But the water, any expert will tell you will open it up. Well, so I'm going to keep you on the phone for the whole time here because we're also going to be talking about drinking responsibly. I mean, what's what is Whiskey Live's commitment to drinking responsibly? 
Well, we, we provide a normal drink, uh, depending on how friendly your bartender is, is an ounce to an ounce and a half of spirit. If you're, you know, or, a, you know, a normal size beer, glass wine, but for spirits, about an ounce to an ounce and a half. Okay. What Whiskey Live does is everybody on the floor has quarter ounce pour spouts. So one sample, one taste is enough to taste, get a appreciation for the for the whiskey, but it's just that, it's a taste. Mm-hmm. So you would go through and talk to five, six uh, uh, ambassadors and experts before you had one whole drink. Okay. And that's that's one thing that we do is we limit the samples. When we do cocktails, a normal cocktail is about six ounces. Mm-hmm. Um, we do two-ounce sample cups. Okay. So it's the same thing. We reduce the volume. And then we have a lot of water stations on the floor. It's a full dinner buffet. You know, don't ever drink on an empty stomach. Right, obviously. You want to be able to, to, to stay around and sample for a while. And and you take your time. And that's what Whiskey Live really pushes, not getting out there and taste as many of the 150, 200 whiskeys as you can, but cherry pick and go and select and talk and and enjoy it. It should be a great time. It should be a fun time, and that's what we Right, do. and I think what you're saying is is that even though this is an event that it includes imbibing an, an alcohol, that you can still make smart decisions. Well, you guys, you guys are, have, have gone you know, even further. Uh, David Osgo's in with us, as we mentioned, from the Distilled Spirits Council. He's a senior VP, which is very, that's a good title to have. Sounds like uh, a very snazzy title. But you guys have a partnership with the council to really, to encourage, not only encourage, but, but to inform responsible drinking. And David, why don't you jump in here uh, and talk a little bit about how that partnership works. Uh, Certainly. Well, obviously, Whiskey Live is the premier event uh, going on nationwide for people who enjoy whiskey. And we're very, very proud, uh, given given their commitment to responsibility, to partner with them. Uh, We're going to encourage the alcohol in moderation. When people enter the event, they're going to be given a fact sheet on alcohol in moderation. And it'll contain things like uh, information on uh, alcohol consumption from the U.S. Dietary Guidelines, uh, which is actually the official nutrition policy here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, In addition, uh, the fact sheet will have uh, what we call the five tips for responsible entertaining. We all like to entertain. We all like to entertain at home. But a lot of people uh, uh, need a little advice on how to do that properly. And this includes some common sense things like uh, designate who the bartender is going to be at any event that you might happen to have. Understand alcohol equivalency. Uh, It's good to know just how much you're drinking or how much you're serving someone when you do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Provide food at any event that you might happen to to have. And be certain to make non-alcoholic beverages available. And then finally, of course, uh, ensure that everyone has a, a safe way home. Okay, I'm going to stop you there because we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, what I really want to talk about is how the Distilled Spirits Council takes up this message because you guys do a variety of other things as well, and we want to talk about that. So, um, Dave Sweet, I'm going to ask you to stay on the phone. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue more with Whiskey Live and and also being you know safe with your alcohol consumption. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, I just want to thank our wonderful, spectacular sponsors, the folks at ProFish. John Rorpa, you already got your shout-out for the day. Twice. Um, uh, the market at River Falls, great specialty market in the mm-hmm. heart of scenic downtown Potomac, which is one traffic light. Uh, and meat crafters, those great skinny salamis, and Central Farm Markets. And I do want to mention, uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to be telling you how I am emceeing 
a Sticks concert on the 28th to benefit Fresh Farm Markets. It Me is and the Sticks. most random yeah, thing ever, baby. but you better watch out. But it is a fundraiser for Fresh Farm Markets, and we are huge supporters of them. And uh, this is there's only uh, 300 tickets left, and actually we have a code F. F50, if you want 50% off the ticket price um, to go see. And they're really good seats, actually. That's why. If I didn't get a free ticket, but I did. (laughs) All right, let's go back to Dave Osco. So, David, what else does the count? I, I, I mean, I assume you have a national program. Are you assisted by the Ad Council? Uh, to promote yeah, responsible Yeah, explain how drinking. it works. Yeah, sure. Well, our member companies have always been dedicated toward responsible alcohol consumption. Uh, many of the people who are our member companies also uh, uh, help fund an organization uh, called FAR that uh, works to discourage underage drinking and drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but uh, our organization has helped uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving over the years uh, pass legislation. Uh, and in fact, uh, historically, our organization uh, gave money that helped uh, to develop the breathalyzer a number of years ago. So you know what's interesting about what you're telling us is that you would think that the Distilled Spirits Council would not be pro. I mean, it's so it makes You'd sense. You want to promote drinking. You not, would want to promote not, drinking, not, not safety. But obviously, it goes. I feel like this was. God, I feel like this is talking about something else at the moment. You know, I mean. You're promoting safety because you know that when there is safety within those who uh, consume alcohol, it's in their best interest and, at the end of the day, yours, right? Uh, That's exactly right. Uh, While we are the importers and uh, distillers of distilled spirits here in the United States, Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, like anybody else, we want to encourage responsible consumption. The last thing we want to see is anybody to get hurt, so we encourage policies uh, that uh, that lead to responsible consumption, and mm-hmm. we encourage the uh, the act of responsible consumption. And who are your members? Uh, sure, our members are the importers and distillers here in the U.S. There are such large companies as Diageo, which mm-hmm. some of their brands will include uh, Johnny Walker, Smirnoff, uh, Captain Morgan, uh, Bacardi is a member, mm-hmm. uh, Brown Foreman, which has uh, Jack Daniels as a member. Uh, Jim Beam is a member. So it's really a lot of the large uh, distillers. Uh, we also, there are a number of companies such as uh, uh, Edrington, which owns McAllen, mm-hmm. uh, Moet Hennessy. And everybody's on board, right? With the, I mean, uh, with your council, they're, they, su- I mean, you're supporting them, but they support you. Like, is it a, a group effort to make these, these, um, these kinds of, uh, laws and, and bylaws effective? You know, certainly. While they're obviously all competitors in the marketplace, mm-hmm. they all have a vested interest uh, in making certain that when people consume, that they consume responsibly. Uh, right. And um, so in working with Whiskey Live, other than handing out sheets, will you guys have a table there? Are you chatting with people? How, how do you engage? Sure. Well, obviously, uh the best way is to give people information, and the fact sheet will do that. But we will have a number, number of people there that will roam around, introduce ourselves, and generally in, encourage responsible consumption. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll all talk, walk around and talk about the product because, well, well that's, that's just so much fun. Right. Uh, but at the same time, while you're enjoying yourself, you will, it's a golden opportunity to get your message across. Let me jump Excellent. in because yes. we're going to have to Is Dave Sweet still on the Dave, phone? Dave, you're still on the phone, right? Yep. All right, Dave, make sure you tell everybody where to get tickets, all of that. 
And, and just to add what David was saying really quick, and I know we're uh, on a time frame, all of their members produce ultra-premium products. Mm-hmm. And they want to promote responsible sampling and drinking because when people understand the product, when they're, when they're, when they're, when they're drinking it and enjoying it consciously, then they, they want to step up. They want to go to the next level. Now, that's an excellent a- point. Like when you're drinking a really quality beverage, wine, uh, spirit, you want to you want to appreciate the the complexities of it. It's not something to chug or shoot back. You really want to appreciate what the product is and what the they're offering to the consumer. Absolutely. Nobody walks into a store and says, "I want to buy a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue for $180." Right. They scale up the blue by going through and drinking Johnny Walker Black, which might be $35. Or maybe they're a Jim Beam drinker, and then they're going to go up to some of their small batch and so forth. So this does benefit the industry. It benefits the brands and the consumers because when when they appreciate it more, they make intelligent decisions. And it, so it promotes the industry. It promotes the, the category and obviously the responsible sampling all the way through. Great, and Dave. i got to wrap you up. Yep. So I'm so, so sorry, but just tell everybody where they can find you. No, it's whiskeyliveusa.com. Excellent. S-K-Y. So it's whiskeyliveusa.com. And for the Distilled Spirits Council, where can we find information on you guys? Uh, We're the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, and you can find information at distilledspirits.org. Excellent. Thank you so much. David, thank you. And but Dave, David, David, thank you, thank you. Okay. And, All right. and back to David Strauss. Strauss. David. We're responsibly drinking. You, in you studio. make your your ice is made out of water that's distilled three times. How does that work? Um well it's, it's actually it's uh it's it's filtered three times. Um but it's it's you know just the, you the got same stuck process. On distilled. It's fine, yeah, no, it's uh I understand that. No, it's 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 three times filtered and then the process um involves freezing, thawing, refreezing. And uh, thawing again, and it basically like allows um, any metals impurities, anything that has gravity or weight, to fall out of the ice. So we end up with a crystal clear block. And then you sculpt it, more or less, you know, in, in a very rough, in a very rough manner. Yeah, it's uh, we we take we typically take the block and we start with a saw, um, and then we work down to finer hand tools. We use uh, chisels and rubber mallets and uh, different different sized uh, so like the mafia. Breaking down a body. Pretty much, yeah. We, we've got <laughs> a large... Uh... I think you should explain to people just quickly mm-hmm. why the shape and size of the ice cube in the drink is so important. Because it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with Whiskey Live as far as the appreciation of the spirit that you are pouring. Sure. Well, it depends on the drink that you're having as well, too, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, uh, we use different sized pieces of ice um, to stir and shake. And depending on what the final product is going to be, we also time how long that shaking or stirring is going to be. Um, Very we scientific. Cut, it, it is a little bit scientific. We cut the biggest pieces for um, old-fashioned style cocktails, spirit forward cocktails, or just spirits that are on the rocks. Um, we want the biggest, the biggest temperature exchange with the least amount of dilution. Right? All right. So, what are you pouring next? Yeah. What we have drink. on right now is a drink called the Ginger Baker. This is aged rum. How many um, people in here know who Ginger Baker he's is? He's a drummer. The world's greatest drummer. That's right. This Period. Is a, this is a twist on a, a classic called the Chet Baker. Um, which is an aged rum, old-fashioned. And this one, we're doing aged rum, uh, sherry, a little lemon oil, and honey. That will go Thank perfectly you. with no. what our next guest has, I hope. 
But Peter Prime. It won't matter. I'll drink it. So Peter Prime is the executive chef at Spark Engine Company 12. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you see that he laid out. Oh, my God. Pig, cow. What's that? More cow. More cow. More cow. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter's a return guest on the show. Hey guys, he's a handsome guy too. Get get that well, guy on Facebook Live. <laughs> All go. right, he's so there. why don't we start with with just, just a little history on you, a bit of you. I mean, you were born in Trinidad and Tobago. How'd you get here? How'd all that happen? Uh, I came up for college. I um I was doing uh, accounting and finance. Boring. And uh, yeah, and then I ended up in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's uh, yeah, no, but yeah. what kitchens were you in? Because you, so, when you were here last time, I'm trying to remember. Where were you? Um, I was at Engine Company Twelve. Right. Yeah. Old, oh. old Engine Twelve. Yeah. Old Engine Twelve. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you were that's there, it. but were you doing the same kind of cuisine? Uh, no. You know. Um. You know. I came into the restaurant group, mm-hmm. and uh, the restaurant had this huge pizza kitchen before I even came on board. I mm-hmm. had uh. 10-foot grill, and, you know, we tried to do a little bit of everything. Okay. And then how did you change? This is so good. I know, my mouth is full. So how did you change to this? Um, You know, uh, the business was sold. I was was, uh, looking for a job. I was on my way possibly out of the city. You know, it's not something I I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I met with a new owner. We did a tasting. Um, I cooked her some of the food from Trinidad, and... She got really excited, you know, and we uh, we worked on a concept together, and you know, this so is a little bit of what we have. For people who don't know, it's really interesting. Uh, we had a chef on the show last week, um, who's with the military, and he okay. was from Trinidad as well. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, for people who are not familiar with food from Trinidad, how would you explain it to them? Because what I'm looking at does not look like. A food from any sort of specific Let's region. Let's start with the word delicious. Right. And then go for it. All right, there. delicious. I, I like to start with right. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, hopefully it's all delicious. Um, Trinidad, you know, we have so many influences. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, African influences, Indian food. Uh, we have some Asian dishes. Uh, there's a Asian population uh, in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And it's a small country, so well, everything what is has the evolved. Population of Trinidad? It's a little over a million, I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, a, it's a little melting pot. Exactly, exactly. But are there um, sort of classical uh, spices that are sort of indigenous to Trinidad? Or is there a way of cooking some of the food that's sort of indigenous, or is it just you a know, fusion I, of everything? I at think this the point? fusion is, is, has become so unique, and the specific mix of everything, you know, is, is that's what Trinidadian food is, you know. What is that? There's a I, I don't know what it is. So that, that's uh, some black butter that we have on our, our wagyu. What is tri-tip. black butter? Black butter. It's our, our umami butter. It's uh, everything black in the kitchen. I have some squid ink, some black garlic, uh, soy Worcestershire sauce. All right. and, I mean, yeah. It's like give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die happy. Uh, yeah, that's the way to go, man. I gotta give up uh, the insurance. So to my as own you lady. were putting Spark together. Tell us how you were putting together the menu. I mean, you must have had a vision in your head. Um, you know, it's it, it started with the stuff I love to eat mm-hmm. the most. You know, um, oh my you know, God. not stuff that I was actually cooking that mm-hmm. much. Uh, you know, in, in, in commercial kitchens and stuff in restaurants, uh, but stuff that I like to eat at home. And we designed the style the way I like to eat. Um, you know, mm-hmm. big sharing uh, boards. Uh, lots of people hang out. You share. You um, you get in there with your hands. And you know you enjoy you know so today I brought the tri-tip. I was talking about some oxtails that we pulled, a little pork belly, mm-hmm. and um, you know, yeah, it's uh, rich, good stuff. So, what'd you bring for everybody else? <laughs> 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 and so, 
when people come into the restaurant, is it all shareable plates? Is it like big board? Like explain the menu and how it's laid out. So we have, we have a lot of uh, on um, appetizers and starters that uh, you know are individually uh, portioned, mm -hmm. uh, but most of the the meats are they all come on these sharing boards, and you know they it's it's great for groups, and we we like for a lot of people to come in and try a lot of different. Uh, of our different meats and stuff. And, and where, share it let's around. tell everybody where Spark is. Uh, we're on 1626 North Capitol Street. Okay, yeah. North Capitol Street. So uh -huh. what are you around? Let's give them some landmarks over there. Um, we're just up the street from Truxton Circle. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. So you're very close to over there. Yeah. And at, like, how many, is there outdoor seating? How there, there is a lot of outdoor seating. Not um, today. We opened, we, Not opened, today. We, we opened in February, so we haven't used it yet. But, mm -hmm. you know, we're excited for our spring uh, patio opening. Uh, we have a large second floor that is uh, that's for events. Uh, you know, we can do up to three hundred people on the second floor. Oh my goodness! Uh, four hundred. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, okay. The place is growing by leaps and bounds. We play it out of bar, so we have a lot more room. Yeah, exactly. Okay, nice. we're gonna take a quick break. We'll when we come back, that. we'll talk a little bit about that. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. Don't you wish you were in studio with us right now? You do. Um, we'll be back in just a sec. We're back on Foodie and the Bees with David and Nikki Nellis. And again, we want to thank our friends at ProFish, the Market at River Falls, Meat Crafters, and Central Farm Markets for supporting the show. If you're not a sponsor, shame on you. Call me, and I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. So, Peter, let's go back to you. Uh, we were talking during the break about menu development. Sure. Brand new place. You're just getting started. What's your thinking about sort of evolving the menu and other places to sort of reach out to for influences? Um, you know, I, I've just scratched the surface of some of the, you know, some of our, my uh, home food. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to obviously incorp or incorporate. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, we have a whole snapper that's really, uh, really popular. Uh, people are getting really excited about it. Why is that here, Peter? Complimented your name. When I you guys put it in the kitchen. I said I mean, you're a blooming superhero <laughs> and there's no whole snapper. Okay, so what is the whole snapper like? Why don't you tell us about uh, that? You know, so it's a play on uh, Jamaican uh, uh, escovich fish. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, we put some of, I have some of the pickled uh, veggies that we have. Uh, <clears> we, <throat> we fry the snapper after a nice <laughs> marinade. Um, gets really crispy. We pour some of our pickled vegetables, some of the vinegar over it. I have a culantro sauce. Uh, we call it shadow bene in Trinidad, but we use it a lot. That sauce is underneath it, and it's uh, great for Are the fermented products big in Trinidad, like the pickles? I mean, is that uh, so a... We, we like a lot of acid. I like a lot of heat. I have um, I have some of uh, our hot sauce as well that we make in-house, and we, we do both uh, Okay, everybody's looking. Where's the hot sauce? The hot sauce oh, is over okay. there. Uh, you know, so you're making you your own hot sauce? We are, we are. And yes, what's it well, based on? Um, scotch bonnets, of course. You okay. know, you know, Caribbean heat. Um, and, and then, you know, we incorporate some uh, Maruga scorpions when we can get them. What? <laughs> Maruga scorpions. What is that? that that's... Uh, that's a, a sort of evolved uh, Scotch bonnet. It was the hottest pepper. I think the Carolina Reaper recently became well, the hottest. You said that I saw a little. Wait, is it, so those pepper is no longer the hottest pepper? I think the Carolina Reaper is the hottest now. Okay. But but the Trinidad pepper is it's a lot of flavor, very that's fruity, right, we very want fragrant. A little, like I think with hot sauce for me, <laughs> I mean we love hot sauce True. in our house, and mm -hmm. I, what I love about it is is that it can give depth and flavor to a dish, but you don't want it to over. I mean it's. You don't yeah. want it to overwhelm uh, you. Know, you. you, know, Do you know we, what I mean? we like the heat back home, but right. you know, we, we it's on the side you you incorporate it as you like. Right. But 
we've been uh, you know the bottles have been running out of the kitchen now it's pretty hard to keep up with especially oh, in the that, winter especially in the winter are, stealing? are people stealing it i mean they're just asking we can have another bottle yeah. can oh, have another right. bottle well, I, 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 I was too. surprised yeah. Yeah, it's like the towels at the marriott <laughs> <Right>. you <know? laughs> where are you going with that pillow man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so tell everybody once again where the restaurant is uh it's uh spark at engine company 12 and um, we're on 1626 on north capitol street awesome right. and so you guys yeah. are doing events we're doing events. We're doing brunch. Uh, you know, we have Saturday we have and gr- Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Yes, okay. until three. Well, that is the thing. I okay, love good. it. Yeah, All right, good stuff. let's go Thank back you. to David Strauss so for one last time. So, David, um, as a part of your cocktail menu, you do a bartender's choice. Correct. Um, I assume that's somebody who says, "Hey, make me whatever you want." How does that go down? Well, there's there's a there's a few different avenues goes that we smooth, can do right for there? Well, most it only of the goes time. Down smooth if you like the drink. Yeah. Um, there's a couple different ways we can go about it. You know, it's uh, either do like you said, right, and you just uh, kind of like make me what you like, roll mm-hmm. the dice, and uh, you know see what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, give us a little bit of information. You know, the, the general like when I go out and I don't have a menu and I sit in a bar, I order a blank is a great place to start. Or mm-hmm. you know, like I like darker spirits and I like I like richer things, or I like exceptionally dry things, or bitter or sweet and sour. Like you know, like whatever vague description you can give, we'll work off that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for example, if I wanted you to make me a drink mm-hmm. and I said bartender's choice, let's let's do a little role playing here. OK, so, I got you. Um, now, hold on. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Don't play contestant okay. on the chauffeur. Okay? Um, so I like I do like dark spirits. Great. But I don't drink a lot of cocktails. Um, and I prefer something a little spicy and I can't stand sweet. What would you put together for me? Um that's great. There, there's a few different things I would do, actually. Um, probably for you, I would make something called the uh, square meal. It's one of my favorite things, and I think it would cover your bases perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's muddled fresh cucumber and lime with uh, bourbon whiskey, uh, a little bit of salt and black pepper on top, and uh, just a touch of hot sauce. Oh, my God. That would totally work for me. I would love that. There you drink. go. Oh, my bartender's God. Choice. Winner. <laughs> um, now, when you're doing a bartender's choice... Mm-hmm. How do you know what it costs? Does that scare people a little bit? No, um, that's uh, that's a good question. It's one of the things that we I built am our full menu of good on. Questions, David. The show's almost over. Yeah. Haven't you figured that out? She's yet? full of a yeah. lot of stuff, actually. <laughs> Got it. No, it's uh, it's twelve dollars. Every every cocktail on our menu is twelve dollars all the time. Wow, mm. that's amazing. Yeah, I've never wanted price to be a deciding factor in someone choosing what they want. So all the cocktails on the menu across the board are twelve dollars, no matter what you order. Correct. Huh. Even with your ice program? Even with the ice program. That's fascinating. Because, yeah. I mean, the price of cocktails around the city Ridiculous. have crept Cuckoo. up incrementally I, I yes. over the last five years. Yep. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't warrant it. I'm mm-hmm. saying that they don't. He, Some people he, he are just, I, I mean, don't. Yeah, I, I, I won't speak Bologna. ill of anybody else's right. choices. But uh, for me and you know my opening, I decided this was something that I wanted to do. And I mm-hmm. wanted it to be a little bit more approachable for everybody to come in. Um, once again, I don't want the price to help someone choose what they're going to have. I want them to have, you know, full choice of anything on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition, I want them to be able to experiment a little bit and not be turned off. And I'd rather them have two drinks instead of one and feeling that they broke the bank. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you guys also serve food at No, bar? we don't. Just no cocktails. Food. Yeah, It's I've, totally uh, cocktails. Correct. I've got a deep belief that food and cocktails just don't pair. Uh, flavors are too strong. Doesn't okay. work together. You know, right. it's uh, Wow. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I want to make sure everybody. I want to go there. We're gonna. Go. Okay. <laughs> you don't drink cocktails. I, I will now. Okay. Um, uh, that mule is awesome. So I will. Thank ha, you. Ha ha ha. Okay. Well, there. Tell everybody where Morris is. Uh, we're at ten twenty seventh Street Northwest. Okay. Are you making one last drink, or is this it? Uh, you, I can if you like. No, no, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think the studio is. I know, I know it's still but very I early. I call I call up. Nikki the New Jersey Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody go to Morris. I'm going to jump in here because i got a little bit of a thing to talk about. I am emceeing a Styx concert at Strathmore Hall out in Rockville uh, on Wednesday the 28th. It's coming up. It's a benefit for okay, Fresh Farm Okay, who Market. in studio can name two Styx songs? I can. Well, I can too. Anybody else? Come Lady, on. Lady, Come Sail Away. Don't Let It babe. End. Rockin' in Paradise. Too much time on oh, my Oh, yeah, hands. everybody's like, no, you're all millennials. <laughs> Come you on, all. Come on, Dave, you're not a millennial. <laughs> not that you don't. You know. All right, anyways, so tickets are just $25, but there's a special no, code. tickets are not $25. That is completely and totally inaccurate. There's a half-price code now. There's a half-price code, but that doesn't make them $25. Yes, they are. No, they're not. All right, well, you tell them what it okay, is. Okay, I don't know what the prices are, but they're way more than $25. No, but you will get 50% off the tickets if you use the code FF50. The tickets that are left no there is some F in there because I have the information from okay. them. Okay, anyways, all right. So come to the concert, boo me or cheer, and uh, I'll be brief, but I want it's a real honor to introduce these guys. If you don't know Sticks, go online and check out some of their music and check out what they did with the Beatles' I Am a Walrus. It's the most amazing recreation of a piece of art that you've ever seen in your life. It's like the Mona Lisa twice. Okay. So, that's it. Well, and what we want to say most importantly about the Sticks concert is that it is a fundraiser for Fresh Farm Markets. They have over 15 markets around the D.C. metro area, and they provide fresh produce and products to the D.C. area. They have amazing programs, and this is one of their big fundraisers this year. So, as a farmer market goer you do need to uh help them so that they can be sustainable to everybody okay all right good? Yeah. uh so remember again it's uh ff50 and you get 50 percent off the tickets that are not 50 dollars. no i um, said 25 okay actually. they're not 25 either well, okay this is our first fight everyone <laughs> so, uh, 21 uh, years of marriage first fight next week's show we have spike mendelson coming mike's mendelson spike Mendelssohn uh-huh. coming back in studio. Uh, he's got a lot going on. He's going to catch us up with what he's been doing. And there's a new concept out there called 20 Tables. We're going to find out all about it. We want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. It was certainly a delicious show. Please uh, drink responsibly and have a but delicious week. Yeah.